on Global News Radio. Oh, welcome back. Time for Counterpoint tonight. Jenny Byrne, former Deputy Chief of Staff to Stephen Harper, and Vincent Gasparro, former advisor to Paul Martin and former director of Green Tomorrow Fund. And by far, my favorite panelist because you brought me booze. <laughs> I was very like, wow, I'm, they're nice. I'm glad you put that on air. That's great. <laughs> Tis the season. Absolutely. Uh, okay, billed as Canada's uh, 150 celebration event. Yes, another one. Uh, but I can hardly talk about this. But um, 90 dignitaries were taken to a Jays game for 14K. Good use of money? It was uh, for technology and government partners from B.C., the U.S., Mexico. They all got to go to the game against Seattle back in June. Some of the money was repaid. But I think this speaks to a bigger issue because we've spent a half a billion dollars on what I consider a total waste of an event. Canada 150 has been utterly forgettable and a monumental waste of cash. Jenny, am I uh, being Listen, mean? I agree. I think it's pretty rich that the government that canceled the uh, fitness tax credit for kids is 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 sending a bunch of uh, millionaires uh, at taxpayer uh, dollars to uh, to a ball game uh, in Seattle. Um, it's not very... Wait, uh, whoa, whoa, very, whoa. It was in Seattle? The, the game, I believe, was in Seattle. It wasn't even in Toronto? No, it was Hold in Seattle. Hold on a second. Where yeah. did I miss that? That makes it even worse. Yes, yes. It's not even in our country yes. that we're celebrating. Yes. <laughs> Holy, I buried the lead on that one. Okay, continue. <laughs> um, so I think it's completely egregious. I, I agree with you overall in terms of the Canada 150 celebrations. I think that uh, uh, they have been completely forgettable. There's some some signs that are across country. Uh, there's a skating rink that people can't play hockey on. Uh, but other than that, it, it has been completely uh, forgettable. Vince? I find this very amusing. Which part so, of it? Well, the whole thing. Okay. The fact that Jenny Byrne <laughs> would would criticize the government for actually engaging in business development, uh, and she forgets, obviously, to mention the fact that Amazon and some executives at Amazon were part of these dignitaries who were brought to a baseball game. Have, have and, they, have and they done on. business here yet? Yeah, hold on, Alex. Mm-hmm. We are lobbying Amazon mm-hmm. to get jobs into this city. This was and, and, and this was well be, this was well before the announcement they were going to be, right and business build an development HQ. takes many many uh, years in advance to try to build on those relationships. But if we're going to talk about wasteful spending, I'm glad Jenny went first on this. So I just want to <laughs> list out some of the things that the Harper government spent money on while Jenny Byrne was deputy chief of staff to Stephen Harper. So for example, uh, they spent $1.3 million in trying to prevent new mothers who fell seriously ill during maternity leave from collecting disability benefits. Um, pay, they paid $47,000 to have Peter McKay sit in a mock F-35 that didn't actually work and um, and th- for political for political gain, you know uh, the fake lake that during the G seven Tony Clement uh, built in uh, in uh, in downtown Toronto a gazebo that mm-hmm. was only up for a small period of time. This is the sort of wasteful spending that the Stephen Harper government brought forward and, and engaged in for political benefit, of course. Can I mention um, that I don't like wasteful spending of any government? No, I understand. I agree, and if, if I we understand. want to actually least, talk how this... No, this, no, but I'm not no, finished. No, no, no excuse me. But you're going to go sorry. on with... You no, know, no, Googled I, I, everything. Excuse well, me, no, this is a... Listen, this, the list is too long. Your show only goes till 10. I don't have all that time. The, 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 but what I can say is... At least this was spent to try to attract jobs and investment into Canada it's, and into the city of it, Toronto, and it, it was the right thing to it, do. It's ridiculous. It's 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 just like giving more money to Bombardier. It's giving.
giving it's the liberals giving money to millionaires. And in fact, in 2013, uh, when the consul general of Buffalo uh, bought a box uh, uh, to see the Winnipeg uh, Jets play uh, and it became public, John Baird actually changed the policy that bureaucrats could not actually buy tickets for sporting events. Uh, He had not approved it. So this is obviously a policy that this liberal government reversed and then ran with. I just look at this whole thing and I think half a billion dollars. What could we have done with it? Look, it's Canada's birthday. Great. Get me some fireworks. Let's sit in the park and let them off. I'm gold. I don't need all this extra sh- I don't need all this stuff. I don't think the people across this country know this. All right. Let's go to the next one. You guys will have fun with this one. I thought of you guys specifically for these topics. Uh-oh. Uh, the Japanese ambassador to Canada. I'm going to let you go first on this, too, so that Jenny can then go on her little it's this whole thing and Google point away. Counterpoint thing. Japanese ambassador to Canada raising eyebrows today, suggesting Justin Trudeau skipping that little TPP meeting back in November didn't just piss off world leaders, but... It gave other countries an impression we are unpredictable. Those are his words. And that they may move on without us. So Trudeau, you may recall, wouldn't finalize a deal because he wasn't ready. And then I think he went off uh, and missed a meeting because he went to talk to some Google or someone in technology. But he really, I mean, that's a deal we need. More so than China. We yes. need this trade deal. Yes. Well, and th- th- this is this this is the problem that they have. When when Stephen Harper took government, uh, there were there were only five completed trade deals, uh, and and when uh, uh, the 2015 election campaign completed, there were 43 uh, current or or existing trade deals that were that were already in. This government has shown that trade is not a priority. Uh, it, it's it's in in their dealing with their allies is bizarre considering their entire foreign policy seems to be around trying to get a seat on the Security Council. So I, I don't think this is going to help with uh, with their allies. That being said, uh, although tr- trade deals are good uh, public policy, um, the flip side of that is outside of NAFTA, Canadians actually don't care. Uh, they don't see when tariffs are reduced uh, uh, that they're paying less for their kid's bicycle or what have you. Uh, and the only people that that actually pay attention are people negatively affected. We saw in the 2015 campaign, the dairy uh, farmers uh, of Canada, the auto industry, they were very, they were vo- vocal. So even though he, they, he has mismanaged this, this file, I unfortunately think Canadians will not be aware. All right. Well, you've been scribbling over there madly. Vince, <laughs> what did you come up with? Well, l- listen, um, again, just to go back on what Jenny said, she talked about how Canada is trying to get a seat on the Security Council. Uh, it should be Lord noted. Lord knows why. Well, Lord knows why. Well, it should be noted that uh, Stephen Harper also tried to get on the yes. Security Council, and we lost that and, to Portugal. And because, so because congratulations. He, because, because he congratulations. Defa- because he, 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 he would not, uh, he would not, uh, uh, he would not uh, roll over and, uh, with his support for Israel. So do you think the Liberals should change their support, their support in terms of, of Israel? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But the fact of the matter is, Jenny likes to spin that that was the reason. The reason was Canada uh, had Jenny Canada Canada had disengaged uh, on the world stage, and we paid a price for it. But that's okay. Um, and in terms of trade, trade is a top priority for this government, but under Canadian terms. Like, make, okay, hold no, on. But like hold what? on. Just, uh, just wait a second, Alex. Hug it out is not Canadian content and gender equality. That's yeah. the priorities for this. Well, this it's also cultural trade. industries. It's also uh, our uh, some some of the, but, but in the uh, economic the, policies. In the day of the internet, is the is the cult, Canadian culture content really actually applicable anymore? Canadian culture uh, and the industry generates a, a great deal of jobs. We're seeing it here in the city of Toronto with the movie industry. Well, we'll give them the CBC. They can take the CBC from us. We'll trade that. So the 
bottom line is the number one priority of a Canadian Prime Minister is to protect uh, our economic interests abroad, and that's exactly what this Prime Minister is doing, and I'm proud that he's doing it. I'm not sure we can say that, though, because they did sign the arms deal with Saudi Arabia, and they didn't bring up those progressive issues with the Saudis. I'm just... Like, well, my understanding was that trade deal was a holdover from the previous government. So right. maybe Jenny can add some more color around that. But they had they could have stopped it. They didn't have to sign off on it. If if progressive trade was such a important piece of it, that's when they should have stepped up and said, "We don't agree with this government, the past government. We're going to stop it." Well, look, uh, well, uh, not uh, Jenny. Well, it's it's not <laughs> for me to answer. It's 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 for Vince. Well, like I said, there was a trade agreement with Saudi Arabia on mm-hmm. on arms um, and that was negotiated by the previous government signed off on and it was sort of a carryover when we took office and uh, there, there's not much well, more to add a, to it there's a signed NAFTA agreement I also but they've added you've added these progressive principles into quote progressive principles into negotiations on on NAFTA and, and, and there are some and I'm and again the number one priority of the prime minister is to protect Canada's economic interests and I'm glad Justin Trudeau is doing that let's just blame Mike Harris <laughs> just know it's his fault. All right, guys, we're going to stop it right there. Uh, we'll take a quick break and come back. We're going to talk about Lindsay Shepard. She's my hero today. We'll bring that up with Jenny Burnham, Vincent Gasparo. When we come back, I'm Alex Pearson, and you're listening to On Point here on Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. All right, welcome back. 8.32 on this Monday night. Jenny Byrne joining me and Vinny Gasparo. Well, you can't tell me stuff like that without me using it against you. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> well, last time I say something to someone in the media. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent Gasparo joining us. All right, let's talk about Lindsay Shepard because uh, she has totally been exonerated by Wilfrid uh, University. She, over the last uh, c- couple of months, has been vilified, bullied, censured. And today the school's president issued a scathing statement saying not only did she do nothing wrong, there was never a complaint. And so there never should have been a meeting. And she called it an institutional failure. So my question, should profs be fired? And does this mean further proof that, you know, universities, we're seeing it more and more, stifling speech and free thought, Vinny? Vincent, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, Look, I I think universities generally have always had this sort of center-left bias. As a good liberal, I've, you know, I thrived in that environment. There, you mean? That's yeah. right. That's right. Uh, and I, uh, I enjoyed it. But what I, what what I will say is, I think it's been turbocharged by social media, just like a, a lot of other areas of uh, of our society. So I, I think people are. It's just expo- you're exposed more because people are seeing it. Um, it's obviously a shame what, what happened uh, to this professor. Um, my understanding, teaching assistant, yeah, teaching, you know, uh, she's TA, teaching assistant. Right. You know, she's yeah. a kid. Yeah, and, and, and from what I understand, her students actually enjoyed the the lecture and the tutorial that was that was being uh, that was being presented. And it, it's a shame, a shame that she had to go through this. I find it unbelievable. Yeah. I agree with you. So, so to answer the question, yes, I think the professor should be fired. Uh, he was able to, uh, uh, you know, uh, tell a young student. Uh, that you know her position to show Jordan Peterson's um, uh, video was akin to uh, you know neutrality a neutrality neutrality uh, with Hitler uh, yeah neutralizing Hitler it, I mean it, it, she was it, brought to tears it was it was egregious her uh, to your point her name was run through the mud um, you know in this day and age everything survives on the internet through social media and on and Google and what have you and uh, there there should be consequences for. Um, for this professor, for essentially almost ruining this poor this poor woman's life um, 
uh, with with these frivolous ac- accusations. Look, there, there was a pundit on the CBC last night that went as far as to talk about her white tears. And I'm thinking, what is going on here? I mean, she didn't do anything wrong. If having the freedom to look at someone's work that you might not agree with is all of a sudden right. I- illegal, I just... I don't understand how it got to be like this. And, and, it, and it was a reputable program. It was a TVO. T- T- TVO. So yeah. uh, it, it, it is is completely unacceptable. And I think the university's problem is, is they were dragged kicking and screaming. Uh, this 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 is, seems like an insincere apology because of that. Well, look, she did have one of the best lawyers in the country, Howard Levitt, uh, at yeah. her side uh, fighting for her. And I do think that they probably realized they had met their match. And, yes. and thank goodness she had him because... Uh, he was not going to put up with anything. I mean, up until Friday, or, or actually up until yesterday, the reason I wanted her on the show was to talk about the fact that they had finished their report, but they weren't even going to release the findings to anybody That's right? because they don't get any public money. Like, we don't all deserve an explanation. Well, l- l- listen, I think the way the university handled it um, sort of goes contrary to academic freedom uh, and freedom of expression. Now, to be clear, there are limits to to academic free uh, freedom and 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 freedom of speech, I, I think there is a limit. Um, and but what would that limit be? Just curious. Look, I think in each class in each tutorial, there, there's probably uh, you know, uh, and I hate to put it in these terms, or maybe a, you know, moving to the goalposts a little a little bit in terms of what's being taught. But what I will say is, she didn't do anything wrong. Uh, the university has recognized it. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's been addressed and, th- and thank God, you know, I, I think the, the university president did the right thing by coming out with her statement and uh, was pretty forceful about it. My big takeaway from this, uh, and she deserves full uh, kudos on this. That's actually Howard Levert calling me right now uh, on the phone, um, is that, you know, this young woman had the fortitude to stand up to it. I yes. mean, never once did she break. I mean, that the, the onslaught of hate that she was up against, I think, would have been enough for anyone to crumble. Agreed. And so the question goes, how many other students has this professor bullied who just did not have, uh, who did not want to actually uh, undergo, like to, to have to go through what uh, what she did, um, you know, being stressful, being, you know, public. Um, it, so, so I think that's something the university, not only should this professor be reprimanded severely, um, but there also should be an investigation if there's more students out there that he's treated this way. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll see more step forward now and say, hey, you know what? Uh, maybe she's given the courage. Could see another hashtag campaign coming. Okay, let's talk about pot, shall we? Uh, Jody and Mark Emery pleading guilty to several pot charges today. They each got a $195,000 fine. That's huge. <laughs> And two years probation, so they can't run pot shops. And they were willing to do the jail time, saying the fines were too high. Um, Jody Emery telling the judge, we thought we could make a really big impact on what legalization should look like. But to me, what's unbelievable, unbelievable here is that, and I know what the answer is going to be back to me, um, is that they're guilty essentially of doing something that's going to be legalized in a number of months. And so a lot of people say, why even bother? But the private dispensaries—they're not—they weren't get—they're not getting charged with 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 smoking pot. They're getting charged with, you know, having illegal cannabis dispensaries, which is which is going to be against the law um, in virtually every. Yeah, in virtually every province. Unless I actually, you're in Alberta where they're doing it the it, proper way, which is mix of private, it, public. You no, know, it, 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 no argument there. But in terms of the Emery's, I actually feel sorry for them because they swallowed themselves whole uh, to support Justin Trudeau in the last election on legalization. Uh, they even went out and, and, and changed their story on how many times or whether they'd ever uh, smoked marijuana with... Yeah. 
uh, with him. So um, I, I think that uh, uh, I think they probably felt that it was legalization was going to be kind of the wild west, and it and it was not going to be the regulated model that that the liberals have brought in. I do still think it'll be the wild west. So I mean, I think you have a lot more confidence in the rollout than I do. I think it's going to be an utter madhouse um, because I just think uh, these pot shops are not going to go away. Well, look, um, I think the Emory. Th- this is economic in nature. Um, the Emory's were trying to get a jump on sort of the, the legalization process. And I think it worked against, and, and you know, they were uh, competing with firms. Well, that, they were competing with a no, lot of top, top people, like politicians. I mean, there's no, a lot of people who no. are getting into this that have a kind of advantage, and well, they're looking at it well, saying, well, Alex, hold on a second. Well, Alex, I, I, think, I think the important part here is you had people who were following the rules, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, work hard, pay their taxes, and uh, and uh, you know, play by the rules to quote uh, Jenny Burns' former boss. And then you had well, the hold, hold on a second. Right, they were up against people who were making the laws. So therefore, it, there's absolutely no way anybody trying to break the market can get in because you're up against the lawmakers who then have lobby friends and all the. It's a very inside industry. They were up against people and companies who were properly getting licenses. They were following the rules. And they were doing things properly. The Emerys just said, "Oh, okay, we're going to set up this network and damn the rules." And I don't think I don't think that's appropriate. And I think they're getting a fine. It's a steep fine, and they, they need to play by the rules, just like everybody else. The problem is, no one can play by the rules because there's no room for anyone else to get into the market. Because in Ontario, per se, they have not opened it to any kind of private enterprise. Well, you're all government. No, but Alex, you're looking at it from the retail perspective. Sure. But, but, but there's a whole supply chain. Right. There's I couldn't whole... get into it. I, sure, maybe, sure. maybe you've got friends in high places, but I literally could never have someone open. I would have loved to have gotten into the pop business at that level, but I don't have those friends. Well, you have me, Alex. So there you go. Well, then we'll talk after the show, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> but I think this argument is going to go on now for a while. So you can't get at the upper echelons, but there are going to be a lot of people who say, hold on a second. I want in the private uh, market on, on the retail level well and in ontario and most provinces it's it's the same as as alcohol it's just not going to it's not going to it's it's not the law it is what it is whether the emery's like it uh like it or not um they were operating in a legal cannabis enterprise my words of advice so jenny agrees with me that's great (laughs) move to alberta Jason oh Kenny is gosh. your new friend because they will do a private a mix of private and government. And 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 here here the the good people of Alberta are going to have a great premier uh, after the next election. God help for Jason. Her. Yeah, go go go. All right, guys, I got to wrap it up there. That's Vincent Gasparo joining us. Thank and you, Jenny. Thank Byrne you. Joining us. Thanks, guys. That was fun. Yeah.